So we've got a, a political showdown officially now launched against the feds. And they're fighting against a cash-grabbing carbon tax. So while meeting with the premiers in New Brunswick, Premier Ford announced today that Ontario will in fact join forces with Saskatchewan and intervene in the Western province's course case against it. And those in opposition wanting to, you know, call Ford a climate-denying troublemaker, he's not driving this one. If he wins, Jason Kenney will also join this. Quebec does not want this tax. Nova Scotia, PEI, are also against this tax. And so it looks like the Fed's carbon cash grab is a dead tax walking. But, but the Feds could, of course, draft up legislation that would then force the provinces to pay up. But that's a big fight. And either way, the stage has definitely been set. I want to bring Dennis Matthews into this conversation, VP over at Enterprise Canada. Uh, and former advisor to Prime Minister Harper. Hi there. Hi, how are you, Alex? Well, I'm good, thanks. Um, You know, lots going on, certainly uh, here at Queen's Park, but also headlines happening in this Premier's meeting. What's um, what's the big takeaway from you, for you? So, so my, my takeaway is you've got to think of a Council of the Federation as a, as a big family. And whoever the Prime Minister is, they're always sort of the patriarch or the matriarch of the, of the big family. And Ontario and Quebec are sort of the firstborn, secondborn, and, and everybody else is part of that dynamic. And what you have here is you had somebody in, in Kathleen Wynne who was a, a big ally, uh, sort of on the vision of that, of that patriarch in, in Trudeau. And, and with, with Ford, you have a real disruption here. It's like almost like the, you know, the, the uncle has become the most influential part of the, of the family. And it, it's a real shakeup. And I think it's, it's taking some time for everybody to realize just how big of a change this is here. I mean, you had Scott Moe and, and Saskatchewan, the premier there, uh, was sort of the, the lone yeah. strong voice against the carbon tax. And now you've added the the oldest sibling of the family is suddenly in this fight. It, it's a big change. And no question, Jason Kenney, should he win, and he is expected to win in the next election, it's, an, it's a no-brainer that he will jump in on this too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so I, I think if, if you're looking at the carbon tax, I... I feel safe in predicting this carbon tax will not last past Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. You know, he may find ways to impose it and, and ride it out. But like this is like this, this concept is, is dead on arrival. It is it's something that, it, you know, it had a moment and, you know, defend Dion when he was campaigning, you know, tried for it. And, and other politicians have sort of have tried and then BC sort of flirted with one and had one for, well, they have one now. And, 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 just, and Alberta, it, Ontario was 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 there, but it's it's just a concept that it sort of it, it reached its peak a couple of years ago, and and it's now that the forces that are fighting it are actually the ones that are winning elections. Yeah, I mean BC tried revenue neutral, and it was anything but. It might have been for the yeah. first year, but inevitably it started costing uh, BCers an awful lot of money. Yeah, well, revenue neutral, but you you look at things like and not to bring another issue here, but you know Greyhound buses yeah. in, in Western Canada. This is this is a you know a service that everybody was using and. And suddenly, you know, they're making the market just too expensive. Well, why is it too expensive? Because gas costs a fortune. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the carbon tax. And so it might be revenue neutral in terms of, you know, every aspect of your entire life. But but everybody's aspect of everybody's entire life is not necessarily just on gas prices. Because it's a lot more complicated and bigger picture than that. And you're starting to see companies like Greyhound say, well, you know, you've got a carbon tax. It's just too expensive to operate. 
Yeah, and and this notion that um, you know the fact that the feds themselves can't even price it out it tells you everything you need to know is that they don't actually know how much it's going to cost. Patrick yeah. Brown was going to campaign on this. It was a deeply, it was a very very divisive in the party. They did not want it at all, um, yeah. and frankly, I think you would have had a hard time selling it. But it was also very uh, hard to see how he could also, you know, the claim was that it would be revenue neutral. It, it just uh, that does not exist. Yeah. Well, and what, what's interesting is, you know, for your listeners, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a conservative activist to, to some extent, right? And, and in these circles, and there, there was a time a couple of years ago where there's this notion building that it, you couldn't be a credible conservative who could win elections if you didn't have a plan for climate change or you didn't have a plan for, uh, you know, a carbon that included a carbon tax. And that was actually became so powerful that Patrick Brown and his People's Guarantee had actually included this as, as part of the plan. And, you know, here we are today. And, you know, summer of 2018, no conservative anywhere in the country is going to be running on a carbon tax. This idea has just, it, it had a moment it was building. And now, you know, people realize you can win elections actually just being fighting for the people, fighting for lower taxes, fighting for better affordability. Those are the issues that are, that are more salient with voters. And you can have an environmental policy, but your environmental policy can be focused on conservation. It can be focused on, you know, like the... Uh, things as simple as litter on the streets or parks or you know other things. It's, it's not only about climate change. And I think climate change grew as an out. It was an outsized concept in the in the debate, and and we're seeing a rebalancing of that. Right. I, I actually think um, what would be better and probably much easier for Canadians to get their head around is actually uh, a government. And I don't know why no one has done this uh, to start giving in, either giving companies incentives or going after companies uh, for the amount of packaging, whether it's restaurants, children's toys, that stuff to me people could really get behind because they, you're actually doing your part. Yeah, well, I think that, that's a good example. And it, but it's an example of something that actually regular people deal with. And, and you look at like, things like litter. I mean, yeah. the, the, there, are, there are things we can do to make our environment and our... Reducing our, landfill. Yeah, reducing, yeah. reducing landfills or, or cleaner water and... and there's just so many things you can do that, that actually touch people and they're real. And, you know, the, the carbon tax, if you actually look at it as a, as a, you take a step back and look at it as a policy, a carbon taxes actually can work in reducing carbon emission, but no, at, at nowhere near the levels we're proposing. Like, if, if you're actually willing to put a carbon tax on the price of gas at 50 cents a liter, people will stop driving. Like, yeah. that will reduce it. But when you start doing these 10, 12 cents, you don't actually reduce people from driving. You just make them pay more. And it just makes life more unaffordable. And this is where I think a lot of these politicians, and I put Trudeau and Kelsey Wynn and others in this category, it's all about the symbolism and making life more expensive as opposed to actually saying, you know what, we believe people shouldn't be driving, and so we're going to make it so expensive they can't drive, but we're also going to save, you know, the planet or do whatever. But, but they're sort of like half pregnant on the, on the ideas that would get you there. And so it becomes disingenuous. And I think voters are actually waking up and saying, yeah, like life has cost me way too much. I'm not actually getting anything in exchange for all the taxes. Okay, so Sheer has said he will run on something to do with uh, environmental, you know, climate change or, or, you know, whatever he's calling it. But what does he do then? Because if he comes out with some kind of, uh, you know, carbon pricing, whatever the, whatever the name they want to give it, it'll be like carbon influence. I don't know what, they'll, they'll come up with some fancy name yeah. uh, to call it anything but what it is, which is a tax. So what does Sheer do yeah. then? Well, if I was sure, I'd be careful. Uh, I, you know, I'd be careful because you look at Alberta, and I think people are rejecting the notion of a carbon tax there, and there's seats that he can win there. In Ontario, they've rejected them, you know, very soundly. In Quebec, they're heading for a change of government there, and mm-hmm. Quebec is also part of that, 
you know, carbon market that was with Ontario and, and California. Yeah. And, and, and in BC, you know, there's, there, it's not as, as simple dynamic as it, as it may seem. It's, the province is not necessarily united behind the carbon tax out there either. So if I was sure, I'd, I'd have a big warning sign, you know, don't, don't get sucked into what the elites and the media and, and the academics that you have to do. Uh, you know, Ford won because people are, are understanding that it's more expensive than ever to live. It's, it's affordability is actually one of the, the central ballot questions of our time. And I would encourage here to find ways to make life more affordable for Canadians. And, you know, don't worry about adding taxes and costs. Like, leave that to the other parties. How, like, how do you make life more affordable? And, and when it comes to the environment, find ways to, you know, clean up our parks, clean up our lakes, clean up our drinking water. But, you know, these abstract concepts are, you know, I'm, I'm not sure they're, they're going to play at the ballot box. In fact, I think they actually play against conservatives. Yeah. Um, well, he, so then what happens from out? Because we're already seeing, I mean, they're fully at the federal level now in campaign mode. Um, and yep. it's clear that they've set their sights on a guy named Doug Ford because he's very easy to vilify. And so you're yep. hearing all the language, fear and division and racism and all the other you know, oh, yeah. uh, debate killers that you can throw out there, but there's very, it's very clear they're going to go after him uh, and blame him for all of this. Yeah, I, you know, if I was the, the Trudeau people, I, I'd be careful. I mean, you see, you see a world where you look at the last election here in Ontario with with Kathleen Wynne, and, and they lost for a lot of reasons, and it was, you know, it's not a simple election. But one of the biggest reasons they lost is that they'd actually tracked to the left, and they sort of lost that. Liberals can win when the Conservatives are too right wing and the NDP is too left wing. And you're looking at the at the Liberals in Ottawa, and they're just tracking left, and they're looking for these fights along ideological lines. And and I you know, I think most Canadians are actually people who work hard, you know, play by the rules, pay their taxes, and, and want to sort of get on with life. And I think there's a, an opportunity for Sheer here to be a champion of those people. And where I get a, a little bit lost, and I'm, I'm watching. It's almost like they, they want to fight with Ford and they, and they think, you know what, if we can get in a big fight with Ford and if we get in a big fight with Trump and we'll be this fashion of the progressive left and, and we'll win. And, you know, may, maybe they will. But if I was here, I'd be laser focused on sort of everyday working people and their families. And am I speaking to their issues? Am I speaking to affordability? Am mm-hmm. I speaking to accountability issues and, and finding ways to, to play in that world? And, and not get so worried about these fights that the, the Trudeau people are so obviously trying to bait you into. Yeah, well, maybe you can just run on being normal. Yeah, well, but I've actually... Does that exist in politics? But I've known Andrew Scheer for almost yeah. 15 years. He is a normal dude. I mean, to, to some extent that works in his favor, and to some extent it doesn't, right? Because people are looking for... So you look at Trudeau, he's an exceptional individual, a, a blessed family and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and for Scheer... I mean, he's just a normal, normal guy. Which, that, can, that can be his moniker. I'm a normal yeah. dude. Normal yeah. dude running for uh, <laughs> for prime minister. Well, like uh, authenticity is yeah. tops in 2018. Play it up. Yeah. You're a normal well, dude. It can be hope and grope for uh, for Trudeau, and I'm a normal dude for, yeah, yeah. for, <laughs> for yeah. sure. All right, yeah. I got to cut it there. Dennis, thanks. Okay, thank you so much. That is Dennis Matthews, uh, who you hear here on the show regularly joining us. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.